Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. I was standing up here a little bit ago and I, I said it's, it's very appropriate that everyone appears to be drunk because I want to talk about wine. This past Sunday, I, I really began sharing a revelation and, and I said at the beginning of it, I, I had five pages and I only got through three of them. Um, and so God's going to, I believe God's going to allow me to continue unfolding this revelation on on the seed, and we saw a few things. One, we saw that seed reproduces after its kind, and that the seed is the kingdom of God. It's the seed. It has when we receive the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ into us, we receive a deposit that's purpose is to grow, kill us in the process. And grow into the kingdom of God. And what is the fruit of the kingdom of God? It is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And when the maturity of any seed, of any plant comes, the purpose of it is to reproduce after its own kind. To reproduce the seed of the kingdom of God. To deposit righteousness, peace, joy, in the Holy Ghost, into someone else. And that all of the attacks in our life that come against us, they're not against me because the devil hates me personally. Although he, he does. He hates all of y'all. He even hates people who like him. He hates everybody. It's not, it's not because of me. It's not even coming after me because I'm just so righteous and holy and I'm such a, a big deal. The attack is coming against the seed because if he could kill the seed before it reproduces, then he stops the kingdom of God from going forth. Fruitfulness is the cornerstone of a mature walk with God. What does the kingdom produce? If I don't have righteousness, joy, peace produced inside of me, I need to mature my seed a little bit. I need to kill myself and allow it to become fertilizer. Allow myself to be fertilizer for the kingdom of God to grow inside of me and so that I can produce righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And when I can produce it and I have fruit... Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That fruit, inside of the fruit, is more seed to plant into somebody else who can then produce righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost when it grows up inside of them. We were at prayer today and praying about something, praying about unity. And I began to see, because when Jesus talked about a seed, he was normally pretty specific. He talked about grapes. He talked about a vineyard. 
when he told his parables, it was always about a vineyard, about a vine dresser. He talked about, he talked about grapes. And grapes are actually very different in the way you care for them than most plants that we think about. Most plants, when we, let me read a scripture to you. John chapter 15, I'm going to start in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire, wow, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Hallelujah. How many of us want to bear much fruit? We have to understand the process that a grapevine goes through in bearing fruit. Because we think, uh, when I actually I've always thought, when I hear the word pruning, I know what pruning is, you know. It's the winter time, I come and I trim things off. And then the, then the flowers come back prettier next year, a little thicker. Uh, um, I had some, some, wild, some wild, crazy uh, bushes in the front of my house when I moved in, and they were so out of control, I just I trimmed them back to nothing, basically, just to nothing. Because if they died, at that point, I didn't care. I, they couldn't stay the way they were. And I just trimmed them back to a stalk, basically. When, when the next spring came around, those flowers, like you actually couldn't see the, the bush. You couldn't see a leaf. You couldn't see the stalk. You couldn't see nothing for the density of the flowers that were on these bushes. Because that's what I think of when I think of pruning. Grapes are pruned differently. Grapes are planted differently. And it's not without purpose that Jesus compared himself to a grape vine. Because there's a process that they go through that each one of us have to go through. The first thing we have to recognize about a grape and where it's planted is really about that unity. That's the reason I saw it. We're praying over unity today. Did you know that you can't plant any kind of grape in any kind of soil? There's certain types of grapes that can be planted in different kinds of soil. Through a business acquaintance, I met a, um, a vineyard owner. Um, a couple of years ago, and he was explaining to me, he was, he was wealthy, and he had, I don't know, he had sold a business or something, he was a multimillionaire, and with his life, he wanted to plant the perfect vineyard, 
That's what he wanted to do. Perfect. He traveled all over the world. He traveled to Japan. He traveled to France. He traveled. He wanted it to be in America, and he went all up and down California and Napa Valley and the West Coast looking for property that was perfect for this rare kind of grape that, that they turn into the most expensive wine in the world. It only grows in certain conditions, and and when I say it had to be perfect, he surveyed the land. It had to be a certain kind of incline on the hill. There had to be a certain kind of rock in the soil. Not too much rock, not too little rock. Just enough rock, but only a certain kind of rock so that the minerals in those rocks would get inside the grapes and produce the right kind of taste. Had to be the certain kind of pH balance to the soil, certain acidity. And I learned in that that um, there, was, there is a title that only eight people in the world hold, and this man was one of them, called Grand Sommelier. And to be that, whenever they tasted wine or smelled it, they had to be able to not only tell you what it was and all the, all, I mean, whatever wine people do that tell you about things. He had to actually be able to smell the wine and tell you what kind of soil it was planted in and where by the smell and the taste of it because it all mattered so much. Only eight people in the world have ever attained the title that he had. And so he was very, very particular. You could say he was the, a master vine dresser. When he picked a grape... For the soil that it was planted in, that grape was for that soil. Now, here's the thing. If you took a wine grape and you planted it in the soil that was for our grapes that we go to the, Walmart, to the Walmart and buy, which are huge at Walmart right now. They're like that big. Have you seen them? Massive. If you, if you, it would die in that soil. If I took the grapes from the Walmart and planted it in one of these vineyards, it would almost certainly die in that soil. The grapes were meant, they were planted where the vine dresser purposed for them to plant. So when you're pulled into other places and people say, you don't really have to submit and get planted in one place. That's a lie because there was a purpose for where God planted you originally. There are wonderful ministries throughout this town, many of them. And there are people who grow and flourish in those ministries because God purposed their grape to grow in that ground. But no one can take you from the ground that you were planted in that God purposed for you to grow in and plant you somewhere else and expect for you to produce fruit because that's not the way grapes work. There's a certain type of grape that gets planted at Freedom Ministries. That grape is not going to grow at another church. It doesn't matter how on fire, you know, we all get, we get excited about where, somewhere we go, it's wonderful. They don't have to do all this kind of prayer that we do. It's not that much work. Well, I don't have, nobody ever preaches about dying to yourself, but the worship's still real good, and so I really love it. You will die there. Because here's the thing about these grapes that this man was planting. They actually needed a very specific kind of harsh environment. 
They needed the rocks and the soil that they could grow around. They needed the sun to hit them the right way. They actually didn't need to be like in the sun all the time and super hot. They needed it to get kind of cold on them sometimes too. And in an environment that other places, other grapes would die in. Now the next thing we need to learn about grapes is that their pruning process is significantly different than what I describe with my plants at my house. When the grapes begin to grow, they go and do a green harvest, is what they call it. And they begin to rip fruit off of the vine. Rip it off. It's wonderful looking grapes. They look wonderful. So when they go through and they start cutting, it's producing fruit. Big grapes, it's going to be great. Why would God, the vine dresser, look at someone and say, you're producing so much fruit. Start ripping it off. Look at you. You're just growing and flourishing in the course of your God. Rip, rip, tear, cut, cut, cut off this branch, cut off this branch, cut, cut, cut. It's producing fruit. Why would he do that? Why would a vine dresser do that to grapes? I'll tell you. It's possible that too many, too many grapes could break the vine, but that's not why they do it. They do it because the minerals and the taste and all that gets diluted into too many grapes. And if they leave the grapes on there, the fruit that you produce is bland and worthless. And so they come... And they say, look at you. You are producing so much fruit. Crack, cut, rip, pull. Look at you bringing in all these souls. I'm going to take that away for now. Look at you going out into your destiny. Not so fast. Take a step back. When we begin to see ourselves as part of a vineyard, we were planted where God meant for us to be planted. We're grafted in into the true vine of Jesus. And we're meant to produce the way a vine produces grapes. God takes great pleasure in our fruitfulness. But he wants quality fruit. So why then do we go through times where I feel like in my spirit, it's burning, and I just want to get out, and I can run up and down these streets, and when every soul and cross it to Jesus right now, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I can do it. And then there's a setback. There's something that happens that stops. you got some fruit even going, and it stops. Why? Why did the Holy Ghost say, stop this? Why did God say, don't do that over here, do this instead? Because... He says, my father is the vine dresser. The father knows just how much fruit you need to produce at any given time. And you may be having a wonderful time. Money's flowing in. Everything in your life is prosperous and fruitful. And all of a sudden, there it went. I know these aren't the messages that we get excited about, but the purpose, if we can understand the purpose, then we'll stay attached to the vine. It's when those times when we're like, oh, 
This is too hard. Why would somebody take this away from me? Why would God say, I want you in this, and now all of a sudden it's not working anymore? Why would God take me through a time when he begins to strip? I get, I get pruning when it doesn't work. We all understand the concept that if a, if a branch on that tree is dead, we rip it off. We all get that concept. But why is it that when I'm producing fruit that all of a sudden something comes against me and pulls it off? It's, be, it's because of where we're going. It's because he's a master vine dresser. And we can't be discouraged if we stay connected to the vine. He says, actually, if you stay connected to the vine, you are going to bear much fruit. But we have to uh, go through the process that the vine goes through in order to bear the right kind of fruit. How many of, any, you know, we see new Christians who are so filled with exuberance all the time. And they can fill a pew up because they're so excited about Jesus and they go and share people. Where are those people today? Don't know. They had when we, when we don't submit to the pruning process, we produce bland, worthless fruit. It's not about quantity because the quantity comes is what we have to see. He says, you're going to produce much fruit, but wait a minute. You have to undergo the process so that when the ripening comes, you produce fruit that is priceless. You produce fruit that lasts. You produce fruit that's costly. You produce fruit that matters to somebody else when it gets deposited into them, that they can receive life and sustenance from it, and it can produce something that is worth something. On grapes, of course they cut off the dead things, but they cut off the living flesh of the grapevine. That's why it feels so hard when we're talking about dying to ourself. Because he's cutting off living tissue out of you. He's cutting off life. When we go through those times. But another thing I learned about grapes in this process is... um, Once a vine has borne fruit, it won't bear fruit again. The only vines on a grapevine that bear fruit are the ones that budded last year, grew this year, they produce fruit. And if they leave that vine, it becomes hard and calloused, covered with bark. It's not a tender shoot shoot vine anymore, and it produces nothing. It's dead. So if we don't continually submit to that stripping process, strip the, yeah, strip it while it's alive and it hurts. Strip it. Strip it while it's hurting me. Strip it while it's alive. While I have fruit and I thought it was all going wonderful, but now all of a sudden, that's gone. If we don't submit to that, we become hard and calloused and dead. How did the branches end up dead that Jesus said was going to be broken off and cast into the fire because they're dead and withered? They became that way because they didn't submit to the pruning, the live pruning process. It's uncomfortable. We don't like it. We just want to bear our fruit and not worry about how horrible it tastes to the next person who comes along. 
and just be happy. I'm just a happy little vine. I'm just looking at all my fruits. I'm just a happy little vine. But we don't mature. I stopped buying grapes at Walmart for a while because do you ever get the like one of them bags? And you open it up, and you're like, "This oh, look at this grape. It's so big and juicy. This is going to taste fantastic. And you stick it in your mouth, and it tastes a little bit like, like a leaf in water. There's nothing in it. I don't even want to finish the bag. It's nothing. That, that, that's the result of we just wanted a whole bunch of grapes. We just wanted a whole bunch of fruit. We weren't really cared about caring about how how much quality was in it, if it tasted good, if it looked good, if it actually fulfilled the purpose that it was meant for. We just want to say, look at this beautiful, giant cluster of grapes that we got off of this thing, and I can stick it in a box and I can sell it. But to taste good, and those grapes, you know they're what? Four dollars at the Walmart, but the grapes that produce a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollar bottle of wine, those grapes went through a much more difficult life. They were raised in harsh conditions. Whenever they bore fruit, it was all stripped off, stripped off, until only the choicest pieces were left. And when the choicest pieces were left, They harvested those grapes, and they made something that was priceless. The vine dresser comes and says, this is perfect. This man that I met, he personally goes into the vineyard every day and finds the ones that are ready today. He picks one at a time, one at a time. And then they're priceless. They're priceless. How do we produce the fruit of the kingdom of God that's priceless? We're not talking about a little bit of righteousness. I don't do the big bad sins anymore. We're not talking about a little bit of peace. We're not talking about a little. We're talking about overflowing. You produce much much, much fruit, quality fruit that remains, that can be planted again and raised again into more, more, more fruit trees that also produce quality fruit that people actually want. I submit to the stripping process. I submit to those, to those grapes being plucked off of me. I submit to it. I submit to the ground that I'm planted in. I don't say, this ground is too difficult. That ground over there looks so, look, they have fertilizer in that ground. My roots can go deep in that ground. That ground is wonderful. But you would die in that ground. Because that ground wasn't made for you. That ground was made for Welch's. It wasn't made for $2,000. It wasn't made for that. It wasn't made for priceless. It wasn't made for something that once you taste it, it's the best thing you've ever had. It wasn't made for that. It was, that ground was made for cheap grapes. The harsh ground, 
where you say, I don't want to pray like this anymore, my God. My God, how much more can you take off of me? How much more can you strip out of me? Just when I thought I was in my destiny, that got taken away. How much more can you strip out of me, God? I want to quit. I want to detach myself from the branch because this is too difficult. But the ones who stay attached, it says you're going to produce much fruit. Let's stand up. Somebody say much fruit. Much fruit. It may not look like it right now because of that stripping process. And you know that every season, every season on these kind of grapes, they go back and they take, once they've harvested the good grapes, they go back and they strip everything back down to a stalk. Because the stuff from last year is not going to produce any fruit this year. Other grapes, you can be religious with. You know, they can just let them grow, whatever, who cares? We're going to go get a bunch of grapes tomorrow and it's going to be fine. We'll prune, prune, it's fine. But the costly ones, they strip it all the way down to a cane. And they, because old, it's not going to do nothing for next year. Can't put new wine in old wine skins. You can't get good grapes off of last year's grapevine. We, we strip. God strips us, continually stripping us. He strips us while we're making fruit. But the, but the result... The result is worth it. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at Freedom Ministries Crossing.